Hi. How are you? Welcome to the show. It's episode 230 of Atomic Radio Hour. How are you? I hope you're well. Hope you're doing fantastically. You look great. How's everybody been? This last week for me has been rough, rugged, rancid, repugnant. I had Friendsgiving, which if you watched last episode or heard last episode, you, you would have known. Um, you might have known. That sounded a little presumptuous. You might have known. And I got sick afterwards. I don't think it was anything crazy. I don't think it's COVID or anything. I'm still kind of recovering from it now, currently. I stood for, I believe it was like 16 hours straight cooking, because I, after I got done recording on that Wednesday, I went and I cooked and cooked from like 8, 9 at night to 2 in the morning, and then I pretty much cooked from 8 in the morning until everyone got here at about 4, and even then I was still going because I was throwing everything in for its last little bit here and there. Uh, but yeah, I, I hurt my back pretty severely, and then my tonsils swole up. I don't know what I had. I thought I might have had walking pneumonia. I thought I might have had some form of strep throat. I don't really know. Um, but I'm better now. I'm on some antibiotics. I went to the doctor and he checked me out and said, all right, you're good to go. Be, be free. Be safe. And sent me back into the world. So I haven't had like a very eventful week. Um, there hasn't really been a lot that's happened news-wise. It is the last day of me recording this of No Shave November. I did Movember, No Shave November, and I hate this. I don't know how well it comes up in the video, but my beard hair, my chest hair, my neck hair, my head hair is the most... You can't really see because I have a hat on. It's the most hair I've had on my head in probably seven, eight years, and I can't stand it. I'm so used to being bald. Uh, so this has to go, and it has to go soon. Today's probably going to be, depending on how much time I have tonight, I have a lot of things I have to edit and get ready for the f upcoming weeks. It depends on how much time I have. I might do it tonight. If not tonight, I'm definitely doing it tomorrow night. Um, but other than that, I just, I, I don't really have much. Again, another shorter episode for you today. Uh, one thing that I, I was thinking about as I was doing some of this lore and looking through the wiki, uh, I was reading through some of the cut content wiki for a project that I'm working on, which I'll let you guys know about soon. Um, not just the content wiki, but the, the you know, Nukipedia, fallout.fandom.com. And I was flipping through there, looking at some of the stuff, and I started thinking about, like, all the, the factions that have been in uh, this game, the series. And then, I, of course, with today's lore, there was something else that factored in. And uh, I was thinking about Super Mutants. And I was talking about the Brotherhood a few episodes ago and where the Brotherhood kind of factors in and how there's now an East Coast sect and a West Coast sect and the East Coast is very different from the West. And now now the East Coast is, at least with Fall Forest timeline, is slowly trying to represent what the West Coast was doing. And I don't agree with that for, for several reasons, but it's not really the point of it. There's just several different um, opinions that one could have about the Brotherhood, but I started thinking about super mutants. It makes sense to me that the U.S. government wouldn't just be experimenting on the West Coast. If they have something like the forced evolutionary virus, it would make sense to me that they'd be all over checking things out uh, for different climates. One thing about living in Colorado, because the elevation is so high, is that if you go to boil water or bake something, the cook times is off, are off. It's a little different. Like if you go to make a cake in the oven and they want it for this long at this temperature, you got to make it a little longer. Boiling water, it boils at a at, instead of uh, two two twelve Fahrenheit, it's something different. I don't remember if it's higher or lower, but things change. So why wouldn't the air affect FEV? Why not? 
that's a big thing in Fallout 1 is that the more radiated you are, the dumber you become, the more it affects you. You don't necessarily become a super mutant. So where do the super mutants kind of sit? You go through Fallout 1 and some of them are intelligent. A, a lot of the, the Gen 1 super mutants are intelligent. And then as it keeps going on, the Masters mutants get dumber. Then there's the Nightkin, which I always assume to be more of the intelligent variety. And then... In Fallout 2, they're not as prevalent. They're there. There's Marcus, for example. And they show up sparingly, but they're not in, in abundance. Uh, not that they're in abundance in Fallout 1, but they're not. A, you can't find them as readily available. And then the series goes dark for a while. And the spinoff games happen. And I don't believe that they're canon. I never consider them canon. I, I haven't heard otherwise. And then you get three. And there's two mutants. There's Uncle Leo and Fox that are the only two mutants that are any sort of intelligent and West Coast mutants are more intelligent, but this is a different strain of FEV. Then you get to something like Fallout 4, and the only... Fox is intelligent in the sense that he can talk, but he's stupid in the sense that he can't talk very good. So he can't talk well. So he... He's a companion, but there really aren't... And I don't really consider Virgil, Ryan Virgil, to be uh, an intelligent... Super Mutant, even though I guess he technically is because he's just testing things. Like, he's not he's not like a Lou from Fallout 1 or any of the other Nightkin or anything. He's just a Super Mutant out of him experimenting. But you now have these Fallout 3 Mutants that are dumb and just looking for more humans to turn into mutants... And you have these super mutants that are just pretty much raiders, essentially. There, there's no real pack of them. Uh, it'd be nice to see some some intelligent super mutants floating around because they live forever. They could live for an, a very, very long time. I don't think that there's an account, and I could be wrong when I say this, but I don't think there's any account of a super mutant dying of an old age. Or even really just being an old man super mutant. There's just super mutant. And they don't technically have a gender, whatever. But just an older one. So where do you go from here? I think the super mutants in 76 shouldn't exist. Just because I don't feel like there's enough time. But then again, you can just dip them in humans into vats of goo and they become super mutants. So what really does it constitute of for you to become a super mutant? And it's a different strain and things happen differently in, in Huntersville in West Virginia. I get it. But I feel like if, if 76 did anything right, and I've said this before, there's no Jet, which I can appreciate a whole hell of a lot because Jet is not invented till the time of Fallout 2. And out of if they learned anything from the mistakes they made in Fallout 4, good. Don't have Jet in any game that or any location that's supposed to be untouched. Uh, and don't have Jet brought up in the files of a vault. But at this point, I feel like it's just synonymous with the series. I feel like you, you look at a super mutant and you think Fallout the same way you see a set of power armor and just think, oh, Fallout 4's cover did not need power armor on it. I think if anything, what they should maybe think or consider doing, I think it would fit the series a lot better at this point, is use the map. Like that map behind me, I'll put it the map of, that's the, the map for 76. That map is the cover of your game, I think is a great idea. I just think that works out so much better just because it says, I think that 
a good Fallout game is a lot like a good Woody Allen movie. Hear me out. New York is a character in all of Woody Allen's movies. As the backdrop of what the movie, where the movie takes place, New York itself is a character. And from the three movies that I instantly think of being Annie Hall, The Purple Rose of Cairo, and Manhattan, Manhattan is a black and white film. And Annie Hall, it takes place like almost exclusively in the village, except for a few scenes where they leave and go to the country. And it, there's a few other shots. And The Purple Rose of Cairo just takes place in Brooklyn. And each form of New York is just a different character in of itself in those movies so when you see something like uh, new vegas i think does it fantastically i think three does it fantastically i think three does it fantastically in its architecture new vegas is very much like here is this world that is old and forgotten and is being reclaimed by ncr and that i think is fun to see but I, I enjoy desolation and destruction, so I like when Fallout 3, you look at these buildings, and there are these huge monolith buildings that are just dilapidated and crumbled, and the architecture looks so much like it did in Fallout 1. So that's where I kind of feel like the, the covers of the game should be. But at the same time, I get it that a suit of power armor or a power armor helmet is so traditional. Fallout 1 had the... T-51B. Then Fall 2 has advanced power armor. 3 has this. Uh, New Vegas has the uh, Desert Ranger. Has an NCR Ranger on the cover of it. And then 4 has just T-60 armor. For as good as these games are, their iconography, I feel like, is laid... is used... It's laid upon too heavily. Like, they, they rely on it too much. So I think a game where... Like, I don't know if you guys remember, that back in the day, there was, like, the Vault Boy holding a bottle of Nuka-Cola. And I remember that pissed me off so much because I was like, that doesn't... I don't think that appears anywhere in the game. Like, I think that's, like, fan art. That people are, like, getting tattooed on them. <sighs> I would like to see maybe a colony of super mutants. I hope the next game... I have a feeling the next game is going to take place in New York. They talk about it a little bit in Fallout 4 about flying over New York. There's a couple things that... It just makes sense, honestly, to go to New York. Um, there is... That rumor that some of Obsidian wants to work on the next Fallout game. And the next Fallout game, it was always rumored to be Fallout New Orleans. I'm absolutely fine with that. If they do have super mutants, I think it'd be fun to see a state like Wyoming. I think it'd be fun to see a state like Texas. Colorado, of course, because I live here. Things like that, I'd love to see. And I would like to see maybe a pack of super mutants. There's a cut content from Van Buren. The original Fallout 3. Now, I can't find it. I was actually, like, looking for it earlier. And I believe I heard it on a storyteller years ago that originally Hoover Dam and Van Buren was going to be a super mutant colony. And there's these, like, houses that are built on, built upon each other. And, uh, no. Yeah, right here. Built upon each other. Almost like, a like, um, house in Greece. Behind me is a picture of it, if I could find it. The, the, the concept art and then what's, what it's in, what it is inspired by. Native Americans had a very similar theme where they would just build upon and build upon and build upon and they became like generational homes. I would love to see something like that of just, what does super mutant culture look like 200 years later? Do they remember anything about being human? Do they carry any of that culture? Did like, I always assume that ghouls just stop bathing. It's never said, I don't think explicitly, but like, I just, cause they don't, why would you care? Why would you care about what your hair looks like or what you smell like? You're rotting flesh, pretty much. You're, you're a post-necrotic human. 
what does it matter at that point? I would love to know more about super mutant culture. I'd love to read terminals of just, just the daily diary of what a super mutant keeps if they can even use those big meaty claws to, 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 to type out on a terminal. A lot of fun stuff could be explored with the super mutants if they're just not looked at as dumb morons who are stupid idiots. I think there's a lot of fun to be had there with the super mutants. Someone like Marcus who shows up in, in New Vegas who has that colony for the Nightkin to take care of them because they, fu they suffer from schizophrenia. He obviously still cares about not just his people, but people in general. He, him and who I'm going to be speaking about today in lore are the only two super mutants in the entire series to have good karma. So I'd like to see more of that. And again, there's always the meme of, oh, well, you know, New Vegas needed more than 18 months to, to be developed, which is absolutely true. But we could have possibly seen a little bit more about that from that if we had two years, two and a half years, three years of de development from Obsidian. It's just what I was thinking about. I want to know what you guys think in the comments below. Please let me know what you think about Super Mutants and where they're going to be. I, I, unfortunately, it feels like they're just going to be a raider group. For the foreseeable future, I'd like to see, like I said, I'd like to see maybe just like, not even a raider group, but like make them a raider group like the cons, where they have backstory, they have lore, they have thought, something thought out and they're intelligent. And there's some of them that are a little more brash and some of them that aren't and some of them that, I think it's a, it's something fun we can explore and should be explored, honestly. I think they should be given some sort of justice in the sense that they're not just bumbling idiots with clubs. But, I mean, like I said, let me know in the comments below what you think. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. So, before I get into today's lore, I want to talk about the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, I continue to do the show in the capacity that I do. Uh, this show is completely listener-funded. I throw a couple bucks in every now and again. Like, if I have to buy some equipment, maybe I'll do half from whatever the Patreon has given and then half of my own. But pretty much, it's either all out of pocket or completely from the Patreon. And because of that, I thank you. So I have to thank a few people. Starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least, I have to thank TP. Thank you, TP. Like I said, the show is entirely listener-funded. And because of you, I continue to make the program that you listen to weekly. So if you like the show... There's a link in the description below to the Patreon. Consider throwing us a dollar is the cheapest, if it tickles your fancy. Thank you. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Now, I usually ask a question once a week in the Discord that uh, once it is answered, the person who gets it correct gets to pick, pick the lore for the week. So this is what I, I've been doing. This week has been, like I said, hard for me. And I haven't really had a chance to sit down other than today the day I record to sit down and write and do everything I had to do and kind of get my thoughts together. And I remember that somebody on YouTube had requested that I do the lore on Mean Son of a Bitch from Fallout New Vegas. So I thought, hey, someone already wants to hear it and it's on a YouTube comment. So this is what I think I'm going to do. From now on, if I get a YouTube comment, I will keep a sticky note somewhere on my desk of lore for that, like I did with Mean Son of a Bitch this time. Also, I will ask a question in the Discord. It also just kind of worked out. The end of the year is upon us, and this is where I will start to record episodes for future times. I'll record some stuff ahead of time just so it's ready, just so in case something happens, if I get bombarded with holiday shit or family stuff, I have it ready to go, and we're not missing a week, and we have an episode or two or three banked 
for the future. So these next few weeks, I will probably ask maybe one or two more times for a question for Lore, and I don't know when it will come out. It won't necessarily be the following week. But this one comes from the YouTube from from YouTube. This one came from a YouTube comment. So if you'd like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord because once a week, usually I ask a question and the first person to get the question right gets to pick lore for the week or leave it in the description below and I might pick it. If I have an off week, if I get inundated with requests from YouTube, maybe I'll just start taking YouTube ones. But if you want to hear anything, please leave it in the comment section below. This week's lore comes to us by way of YouTube, behind me is the comment itself, requesting means son of a bitch. I thank you for your comment. I thank you for your interest. And this week's lore is about mean son of a bitch from Fallout New Vegas. Mean son of a bitch is a first gen master's mutant who was a part of the Unity and was written by Josh Sawyer and is now living in Westside in the year of 2281. After the fall of the Unity in 2162, he wandered the waste for years. I really like the idea of super mutants just out there, just looking for things, looking for purpose. And what you'll see from how mean son of a bitch is spoken about, he's not really that mean of a son of a bitch. He just kind of has the name. I believe one of the notes I have that I'll probably get to later uh, is that people just call him that and he's kind of cool with it. But he just seems like a guy who wanted to see what else was out there. Sometime between the 2160s and the 2280s, he was somewhere near the hub and a group of mutant haters had kidnapped him and began a process of torturing him to the point where he they cut out his tongue. So they torture him, they take advantage of him completely. And Calamath Bob actually runs into him and tries to buy him from his captors so they would stop torturing him, but they wanted nothing to do with Calamath Bob or his money. So you can ask Calamath Bob, this is from fallout.fandom.com, the Nukipedia, if you will. Uh, there's a few quotes that I want to read, and one of them says, How did you, the courier can ask, how did, how did he end up here in Westside? And Calamath Bob will respond with, He just showed up here one day. Couldn't really talk, but he remembered me all right. Ever since then, he's just been, well, hanging around, I guess. Does odd jobs for folks and smashes at the bad guys when they come poking around. Now, he's in Westside currently, but... Originally, the way he got away from his captors was from Tabitha, the other nightkin who has the trying to build a Utabatopia by, by on top of Black Mountain. Tabitha and her nightkin would later save Mean Son of a Bitch, again, from the captors. The courier can ask, do you know how he got away from, from the NCR? And Calamath Bob will reply with, turned out some of them night kids, whatever you call those sneaky super mutant types, got in and busted him out. I guess somebody named Tabitha led a bunch that freed him. I don't know much more than that. There's also another quote that I don't think I have written down that I wanted to read, but I want to read here. The courier can say, do you have anything about the super mutant that's walking around town? And Calamath Bob will say, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's mean son of a bitch. I know the name sounds bad, but he likes it. He's one nasty old coot. Far as I can tell, he's one of them original super mutants, what came from the boneyard, wandered about after the master fella died. Eventually got caught somewhere around the hub back in the NCR territory. Boy, they sure treated him mean down there. Cut him up so bad he can't talk no more. I tried to buy him just so they'd stop hurting him, but they didn't want any of it. So eventually, like I said, mean son of a bitch, or just mean for short, makes his way to Westside. Remembered, Calamath Bob decided to stick around at his odd, odd jobs for 
the wastelanders in the area. Now, when he goes out and takes out some of the bad guys or the fiends in the surrounding area, he has mean he has his mean super sledge, which is kind of like Fox's super sledge, I'm guessing, uh, where it's just a super sledge, but only mean son of a bitch has it. Some people steer clear of him, but others don't seem to mind him all that much. Now, he had his tongue cut out, and if you ask him about his tongue, he actually points... If you, if you ask him about his speech impediment, he'll point to his tongue and say... Mm-hmm. And points to his tongue. I have to... G- I have... Boo... Go bow. Goodbye, because all of his stuff is like he doesn't have a tongue. He's pretty much saying that he has to leave. He doesn't have time for your shit. So just some quick notes for you. Westside claims to... Westside claims to be happy. The, the residents of Westside seem to be happy that they have somebody like mean son of a bitch on their side. If Lily is with you and fiends show up, they'll start talking about Lily as if it's mean son of a bitch, saying that all mutants look alike. Dean Domino, God slash dog, and mean are the only humanoid characters that actually regen health. And like I said earlier in the episode, mean and Marcus are the two only the only two super mutants in the entire series that have good karma again because this is a shorter piece of lore i'll put a couple of voice clips from mean here so you can hear them and bam muscle fabies <laughs> i wash my bone with sibby my pleasure is on my goodbye I hope you enjoyed that. That was mean, son of a bitch. That's really all the lore I have for you guys this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Like I said, if you want to hear anything you want to hear, either leave a YouTube comment or join the Discord and I'll ask a question or just throw it in the feedback channel what you want to hear. Uh, That's everything I have to say about mean, son of a bitch from Fallout New Vegas. And that, my friends, is all I have for you for lore. Like I've been saying since the start of the program, I really don't have much for you. I don't feel like anything's really happened. I just wanted to talk about super mutants a little bit and they're f- and how fun they are and you get guys like mean son of a bitch who are just great to be around and just fun characters that flesh out the world a little bit. Uh, thank you for being here. If you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. Link to the intro song that is Feather Duster in the description below. Silvermansounds.com slash free music slash Feather Duster for that song. But if you take out the slash Feather Duster, you get all of Shane Ivers' free heat Link in the description to the Discord, the Twitter, my Twitter, the show's Twitter, my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter. The Patreon is down there again. Thank you to the Patreon, the Redbubble, as well as a bunch of other fun things to check out. The Instagram is down there. The Twitch is down there. Come check it out. Come hang out. Join the Discord. I love you very, very much. Thank you for spending this amount of time with me, and I will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Be safe. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.